to the Noisy Narrative Podcast. Um, we are here today with Sarah Hayes. She's our special guest, and we are so looking forward to that conversation. But for right now, introductions. This is Debbie. This is Christy. This is Sarah. All right, so we are going to open up this conversation with Sarah, just you getting to know a little bit about her, and um, we're just going to talk to her about some interesting little um, intricacies she's had with her life growing up um, and everything. So, Christy... These intricacies started when she was born. (laughs) She was born limb deficient, which means that she is without a limb. Um, But there's so many great, well, there's a great story about Sarah and realizing that she is limb deficient is that. um, This is where I go, you are? Yeah. No way. She is. It's true. (laughs) She um, sings uh, or leads worship on stage at church. And so I actually referred to her one time as the girl without, the mom without an arm. And someone was like, what? I know, it's, it's crap. I apologize now. I'm sorry <laughs> that for that. That was funny. And they were like, really? And I was like, yeah. Like, she's got her kids. And they were like, no way. And I was like, yes, look on stage. She does not have an arm. And they're like, no way. I said, it's a fake arm. You can not You can tell. if you. No. And her and I, a friend and I went back and forth. And the next Sunday she looked and she was like, oh, she even put a ring on it. I had no idea. Jared put a ring on it. I know. Jared put a ring on it. That's exactly <laughs> right. Two rings. Two rings. Two rings. Thank you, Jared. Yes. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about um, and kind of dive into. And you've got a neat story. Um, and it's a story that's ever-changing with more babies that you have and learning how to function with little people and stuff like that. But, um, three babies. Yeah, Not three one, babies. But two, but three. Right. two boys and a girl. Yes. Um, but I just kind of want you to jump in on kind of tell us everything from when... Back when you were born, there were no sonograms. So right. you came out of womb. Oh, sorry, you came out of the womb, and mom and dad were like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> and you can yes. take it from there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so there were sonograms. They didn't do um, them a lot, as far as to you know. I think that they did. They did do the anatomy scan, but they weren't real um, particular. Oh, you said counting. ten fingers, ten toes. Right. They didn't count That's the right. ten fingers, right. ten toes. Um, which now they do that. Mm -hmm. So I was born in September of 1985, and I came out, and my dad instantly saw that I did not have an arm and a hand, and they took me away. It was on my left side, so I think they were just concerned with maybe there being issues with my heart or other things. So um, my dad went up to my mom, and of course she'd already had my sister, and so this didn't seem right. Why am I not holding my baby on my chest? What's going on? And my dad said, there's just a couple things they want to look at real quick. And um, they hadn't decided on my middle name yet. It was going to be Sarah Hope or Sarah Renee. And my dad said, hey, have you just tried to just kind of get her mind off mm-hmm. what she didn't even know her mind was on? Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, I, I think Sarah Hope. And my dad's like, I think that's perfect. That sounds great. Aww. And a few, I don't, I don't know the, the time. I don't know if it was hours or I think it was a couple hours. It might have been, you know, it might have seemed like a couple hours to my mom. Mm-hmm. I was brought back in and um, my dad told my mom that I was born without a hand. And I have just a little bit below my elbow. And, um, yeah, I think it was a shock. Um, my mom says, you know, as a parent, your children have to go through so many things already just as humans and just as kids growing up and she was saddened that there was just one more thing that I was going to have to overcome, um, mm-hmm. another hurdle, um, just like I think any parent would start to think. Um, she had many thoughts, like, how was I going to open a bag of chips? 
and how was I going to blow dry my hair? She was like, she's not. Like, chips are so meaningful. Chips are so important to our family. They are. They are very meaningful in our life. But I think that you just go through all of that. practical things. The things that, you know, painting your nails, blow drying your hair, all of those things. And, but... Um, my mom was laying in the hospital bed with me one day, one of those days she was there, and um, she was just praying and um, searching, and I, her Bible fell open to John 9, mm-hmm. where it talks about um, Jesus is with this blind man, and his disciples said, you know, Father, what what did this man do or his parents that he was born blind? And Jesus said he did nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was so that I may be glorified through him. And so through my whole life, that verse um, has stuck with me, and that was kind of what my mom clung to, um, because that was what was revealed to her there in the hospital, and um, I believe that that is something that um, has carried us through mm-hmm. for sure. And your mother seems, and your both of your parents actually seem like they were a strong force for you. Like, oh yeah, you didn't get to be the victim. No, you were never like, oh, let me do it for you. Sure. I'm sure at first, but over time, it was like, no, you can do it. Right? right? Yeah. For sure, because I had an, I'm an older sister and younger brother, and you know they didn't they didn't treat me any differently. That my mom didn't say. Um, I, I always think of how I tell my children, "Well, use both hands, use both hands." And I asked my mom, I said, "Did you say that to me? Did you say use both hands?" She was like, "Well, yeah, because you had half an arm. It was like your hand." Well, and you used oh, it probably. Okay, you just use your one hand, and your siblings can use <laughs> right, their two right. hands. That was not. So that the narrative was never different for you no, in your was, house. No, it was the same. Now, right? did you ever use it to get sympathy? Like at some point, um, did you go, oh, yeah. well, I only have one hand. Oh, yeah, I feel like I probably, I still may do that. <laughs> Jared, can you please help me? Because I only have one hand. <laughs> it's usually more or less a joke now. But, um, yeah, so my parents just never, they never let me. I mean, I don't want to say they didn't let me be sad about it because I think there was a time where it was okay for me to question and it was okay for me to be like, oh, man, I have one hand. I look different. People stare. I'm always going to be different. I'm going to have to find a husband one day. I'm going to have maybe have – how am I going to be able to – and that was another thing. I didn't really think how am I going to be able to do things because I just did things. When people ask me how do you blow dry your hair, how do you paint your nails, how do you play the piano, I, I don't know how do you do it? Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like, please explain to me how you do it, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because I didn't think about it. I just did it. Right. And so when I cheered in high school, I just did it. And when I'd see myself on a video, I'd be like, well, that looks really funny, but it's how I did it, you (laughs) know? Yeah. And, um, was it odd to you that people would look at you and go, how do you do that? Was that, did it ever like hurt your feelings or was it more Um, you just had to explain yourself? I think it was more of just explaining myself a lot. It never hurt my feelings. It was just like, well, how come you don't know? I think it's just because it was so normal to me. And I had to put myself in in another person's shoes. Like, well, they, how would they know if they've mm-hmm. never been experienced? If they don't, if they don't have that experience in their life or a family member. Or how would they know how mm-hmm. I do things? Or, um, you know, I, and I, I remember in seventh or eighth grade going to my mom. She was like, it was in an evening, and she was laying on her bed, and I went in there, and I was like, Mom, you know, why did God make me like this? I might have been younger. I might have been like fifth or sixth grade, but. My mom was like, well, why not you? Why, what, why were you so special or so different that it couldn't happen to you? And I just remember being like, oh, 
Yeah, you're right. Well, why that's not? Such mean, a good, you know. Prof- that's like there's so yes. much profound. Right. In that I mean, question. you think about a parent telling right. your like 11, yes. 12 year old yes. daughter that, like, why not you? It kind of sounds a little harsh, but it's so true. Well, why not? But I already laid a foundation. With sure. Yes. Right. It wasn't like I was a tiny little kid coming yeah. to ask. I already and I kind of already knew my mom's answer mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Um, because I knew my parents and I knew how encouraging they were and how supportive and how they valued me just like they valued my siblings and. Um, you know, I just, that was something that has stuck with me when people say, you know, did you have a hard time? And I'm like, well, sure. You know, mm-hmm. sure. I was sad or, oh man, I got to roll up my sleeve on this long sleeve shirt. Or when I make, you know, when I do spirit fingers, I'm only doing spirit fingers on one <laughs> side. I mean, you know, I don't even know if I thought of those things, but there's been little things over my life. Yes. I'm like, oh, and even to this day, sometimes I'll be like, wow, I have one hand. Isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous I have one hand God made me with one hand and um my oldest when he was like he's six now but when he was I think he was probably three he said hey mom do some other moms have uh two hands and I'm like no no what did he say I told you Christy do other moms have oh do some moms have two hands, two hands yeah yes. he thought all moms had one, one hand. hand yes um and I remember being like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yes mostly mostly all, <laughs> all of them do <laughs> Okay, but let's fast forward a little bit and go to your marriage. How long have you been married? Um, nine years this May. Nine years this May. So fast forward and talk about dating time okay. and uh, meeting Jared and going through that time or that season of your life. Okay. Um, Did it cause you angst? Did it cause you worry? And if so, in what capacity? Okay. Um, you know, I never really worried about dating. I think I just never let it – I never let that – me not having a hand get in my way Mm -hmm. and I went on a lot of dates and I had to tell you know a few guys on you know our third or fourth date that I didn't have an arm um and whether or not wait question yes when you told them were they shocked were they like it is over that is weird Um, were they like oh I know why are you telling me well most of them were just like Oh, okay. Nobody was ever like shocked acting yeah. or like what? Like right. get out of my car. Yeah. You know, it was it was always just like, okay. Oh. Like they were well, that's processing me. like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it was nothing and it never made me feel uncomfortable the way they were pro- I just thought, mm-hmm. okay, they're just processing it. Whether or not did any of them notice? Did they even be like, um, yeah, I knew that or were they all like, oh, Yeah, I yeah, I, I think there so. was a couple oh, there's that, one. There were a couple that were like, yeah. <laughs> That was more or less like they were more or less more of like friends, like that or people that became friends that didn't know in the beginning. Um, But yeah, so I didn't really. And if you know, I made it to a third or fourth date and then told them, and then maybe had one more date after that, and then didn't hear from them or it ended, and that was the reason why I never knew. Right. Um, Did you have a lot of what went into telling them? Was it hard to tell them? Was it easy to tell them? Gosh, I can't even remember now. It's been so long. Um, I think it was just probably, I remember this one guy, he picked me up at my apartment in college, and I think it was our fourth date, and we were going to like a Rough Riders game, and I just was like, hey, there's something that I need to tell you. Um, when I was born, I was born without an arm, so this arm right here, this this is called a prosthesis, and it's not real. I have a little bit past my elbow. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I yeah. tell anybody, right. and they most of the time, I think, 100% of the time, they were always like, oh, cool, yeah, you um, know, moving on, right, you know. Right. And I think sometimes I would ask them, well, does that, is that, is that, is that weird? Does that make you feel different about me? And 
I mean, it just depended on if I was bold or not. Right. Ask, you know, dep- depending on the person. Again, this would be like the third or fourth date. Right. You know, it wasn't right. like I was like going to marry these guys or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I just mm-hmm. didn't want them to maybe accidentally grab my arm or, you know, um, try to hold my hand or something and be mm-hmm. like, oh, well, by the way. <laughs> this is <laughs> just on you. Man. <laughs> I feel bad about that, but since you're laughing first, no, it's, I just, I mean, I'm giggling at that. And like, sometimes it probably would have been funny totally. just to not tell them. Like yes. if I'd already known this is not the guy, like I'm just going to let him figure it out. with so, a little bit. Um, so when I met Jared, I met Jared in 2006 um, through some friends, and we met at a pool party, and I didn't have my – prosthesis on so when he met me um he met me as I am without an arm and didn't even know that I had you know a prosthesis that I wore and so I think um he I remember him telling me that when I did wear it he was like why do you have that on like what you know what is that why are you wearing that you know Mm -hmm. because he met me without it and saw me a bunch that summer without it um and we started um, we were friends at first and then we started dating a couple years later um but he just that's that's how he knew me and that's how he's always known me and he says that sometimes he forgets and he doesn't think of me as someone that has one arm right you yes. know and I always in my mind I'm like yeah you forget till you see my prosthesis laying on the kitchen counter right. and then you're like there's just, just a random like, arm laying on the counter you know yeah. and it has a ring on it yeah it has a ring on it um but you know and, and Jared was just when he came into my life he was I mean it was just incredible how Obviously, there's no doubt in my mind that God brought us together because of just how everything, our, our, just our backstory of just a meeting. And then also just, it was like instant acceptance. Like I'd, like I'd always been with him and that mm-hmm. I, it was always meant to be that way. And, um, you know, I never, I never had to, that, that was the major thing is I never had to tell him. Right. Did you ever think, no one's going to love me. I'm never going to get married. No. Nothing. I didn't. Okay, <laughs> what do you about, think that is? Like, you smile about that, but why do you think that is? I don't know. Why no, do you I think just, those negative thoughts never I don't know. Maybe your I, mind? It, it, I know it had to do with my upbringing, with mm-hmm. my parents, with them being encouraging. And then, you know, I, um, I came to know Jesus at a young age of six at GA camp. And I... Um, I just trusted that God had, you know, people say, oh, God has a plan, but he did, and he does. And I just knew that um, that if that is what my heart desired and that was what God's will was for my life, then I was going to get married and I was going to have kids. And I don't know, when I think about yeah. you, or were you saying, how, how come? I don't know. I just never. Because there's a fine line sometimes between that it's hard because you want to acknowledge the feelings that someone has of either feeling sad about something or feelings of inadequacy because they're comparing right. themselves to other people. But then you also want to, like you were saying, like your parents did, encourage them right. and demonstrate to them that that's not holding them back from being exactly who God wants them to be and calls them to be. Right. Um, so it's just, inter- I would love, like, that's just so interesting to me to find out, like, how that line was drawn for you, like how you were able to be listened to and heard and sad when you needed to be, but also pushed. Yeah. You know, I mean, because there's a lot of parents that have a lot of kids with various disabilities. Yeah. And that is just, I feel like that's a hard balance to yeah. strike a lot of times. So how would you help parents, to Debbie's point, how would you help parents that have a child that is limb deficient get through a rough patch or a rough moment? I just think the dialogue has to be consistent. You have to just keep talking and keep being open about it and 
um, maybe bringing it up to them. Maybe, I mean, my, my mom. What is open to it mean? What do you mean by that? Just, just being, like having an open dialogue, always, always being aware that it's there, mm-hmm. that it's something and that you can get over it and you can get through mm-hmm. it. And this is something that God has put in your life and you have a choice to use it for good mm-hmm. or to be negative about it. Mm-hmm. And we could be, and I could have been. And I'm not saying that I, every single day was 100% perfect and that I wasn't sad or I wasn't, why not me, even though my mom still had already said, why not you? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a human. Mm-hmm. I'm a sinner. So I had those thoughts. Um, but I think my parents just, they just never... And when we're little, and I think about my boys, like we are teaching them everything that they know. Mm-hmm. Like they are born um, and, and we teach them. So when my son raises his voice, has he heard me raise my voice? You know, like yeah, so all these, modeling for them. So first. when I think about my parents yeah. modeling, yes. great word, Debbie, those things, um, and I saw their relationship and I saw how my dad loved my mom. So why would I not find someone that would love me like my dad loved my mom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Because I want arm. What you know? I, yeah. And it's it's crazy because I cannot. I feel like I can't put into words why I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, ever struggle with certain things like, mm-hmm. am I ever going to get married? Am I ever mm-hmm. going to have kids? And because I never, it was never put in my mind that I couldn't do those things. Yeah. And that I wasn't like okay pa- to do those. Right. I was say it sounds like your parents kept God at the forefront of every conversation. Yeah. Yes. It was 100%. never like a. Okay, let's have a pity party. Right. And no, what God created you this way. God creates, if we start from that story, God created you that way, then how do you live? And you live to his glory, like you said. Like John 9 said, I like that. That was good. And it's not that it was always, like I've said, easy. I mean, right. But, you know, and I think sometimes people will say, oh, well, that's a Sunday school answer. God made Mm -hmm. you that way. Mm -hmm. Well, but he did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously personality probably plays a role too. Well, my personality could have been different, you know, and I could have mm-hmm. been more of a, I don't know, woe was me. I don't, maybe not have been a, a, as a motivated person. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was given this and something that I could have. Well, and God creates us, but the environment builds on those buildings. Oh, yeah. Right? And so I think just what you're saying has demonstrated that Yeah. really, really well. Um, because it is interesting how when you're striking that balance, when you have the core of your family together, encouraging, raising the kids up mm-hmm. the way God says, modeling well. So you didn't have a set of parents that said one thing and did something else. Right. And yeah. that makes a big difference whether you're limb deficient or not. You're yeah. going to, right? That, I mean, so I love that. So how are you guys doing that now with your kids? I mean, because you are, as a mom, you have different challenges right. with one hand. And you mentioned one earlier before we start recording, because you said you broke. Oh, I broke yes. right? your when I was arm. yeah when, when I was nineteen, okay. I broke my right arm, my yeah. good arm, and my left foot in a car accident. And so I was in a wheelchair because I wasn't able to use crutches um, because I had no, no good hands. <laughs> I had one but limb. How do you push the wheelchair? My With mom. Mom. Oh. I was at home. So you were doing totally summer reliant. classes. You could not yes. push yourself or no. go anywhere. My mom had to bathe wow. me. The only thing I could do, I could like hold on to the blow dryer and I could put my makeup on, um, and that was it. And I could I could eat because my cast just went to my knuckles, so I was able to hold a fork. <laughs> but I'm like the, the worst thing that could happen to someone like me yeah. <laughs> happened. Yes. And um, 
So that was a little challenging. I was that way for eight weeks, and um, so your mom had to push you everywhere. Oh yeah, she took me to like my college classes. I was taking summer classes, so she had to take me get the wheelchair out of the back of her car, drive me in, and take my. I took incomplete, so I had to go back in and take all my tests and stuff like that for that whole summer. Um, Yeah, yeah, that was that's a challenge. (laughs) Yes, because I mean. There, there is definitely that is a different consideration. <laughs> and you yeah. thought people stared at you then, right? Well, I stared at you now. I think about when they stared at you then. Well, you Bless know, yeah. One of the firefighters that first came on the scene of my car accident, he, my sister says she remembers him like looking at my because I didn't. It was summer and I didn't have my arm on and my prosthesis and him like looking at like oh oh no where's your arm you know like there was no blood yes. you know so but yeah your immediate reaction right so my sure. sister was like oh my goodness uh, yeah. you know but mm-hmm. yes, if you look at a car a, yes. a really bad car accident yes. and see a girl without an arm yes. yeah you start yes. looking for the yeah, arm you start so looking for the arm <laughs> you got an immediate save the arm so you can yeah. reattach it you mentioned right? that um people do look at you or kids not so much adults you said the kids right. yeah. have looked at you before and that um, the response that you really enjoy is when the kid comes up and asks you. Yeah. Right? And so right. if you see someone that is limb deficient or that has just something that doesn't look, I don't want to say normal or right, but doesn't look like the, the same as you. The same, yeah. It's okay to go up and ask that question or yeah. ask. Yeah, for me, I mean, I've always felt like that is um, just ask. Now, some people might not feel the same way as I do right. and don't want to be asked. And how do, how do those people know that? How do they know that I'm okay with being mm-hmm. asked? But um, I had a, um, a little girl in Walmart, and her mom, um, she kept asking her mom, what's wrong with that girl? What's wrong with that? And I think I had Henry at the time. I think he was little. And the mom was like, well, let's go ask her. Mm-hmm. So I just stare at her. you were not wearing. Right, yeah, I was not wearing my prosthesis. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the mom was a nurse, and so she was like, um, you know, anytime I try to teach my children, anytime they are curious about something or don't stare, just ask, mm-hmm. you know? Or if you don't want to ask, just don't stare at all. Right. Just, right. Who cares? You know, yes. but like, yes. just don't look, you yes. know? And that's hard. I mean, mm-hmm. and I noticed that Especially more. Especially for kids. That's sure. how they're working at, they're processing in the stare, in the yes. moment. But like, some what? kids have the yeah. lingering stare. Yes. Right. I've got one looking. that just keeps staring. Yes. And I'm like, and they keep walking, staring. <laughs> I have one that God. looks and then looks at me and she's about to yell a question at the top of her lungs. Uh-huh. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We'll talk in a minute. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Okay, now. There are some things that you cannot yeah. keep your eyes away from staring this day and age. Speaking but of even, Walmart, what? Yeah. <laughs> Where were but you? yeah, my, um, we were in Target the other day and there's this, this older gentleman in a wheelchair and he didn't have either one of his legs pretty high up. I mean, he was sitting, so I think he might have had like a little bit of his thigh on each side and he was really friendly. Obviously, he was Oliver's level and he was asking Oliver questions and Oliver's sometimes either answers all the questions or he's like mean to strangers like meh like I don't want to talk mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. and he he was saying oh is that a little brother or a little sister that your mom has in the car and Oliver said oh my sister and never once and I'm not saying this is because Oliver's been around me but he didn't ever ask what was wrong with that man mm-hmm. he didn't stare at the man now he might have not been paying attention he was eye level right. so his eyes weren't going to his legs mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, but there's been other times where you know, we've come out of the library, we've seen maybe a child in a wheelchair um, who has someone that's helping because they're not verbal or, um, you know, it's a, an electric wheelchair and my kids will, you know, kind of look over and then we just, we talk about it, you know, mm-hmm. and I think I, and I, and I would hope I would always be that way, right. you know, even if I wasn't born this way, um, because that's important for kids. 
to know that there are differences. Absolutely. And they're okay. That's so good. I know. It is so good. So if you were going to, what's encouragement then at this point? Because we'll kind of start wrapping it up, whatever, for the podcast. But how would you encourage um, parents that are facing um, the birth of a child that is um, going to have something that's going to have them stand out as being different? Um, how, what would you encourage moms at this point to do, to pray, um, to begin considering as they're going to raise a child that with some of the considerations you talked about, like worrying about, I mean, you know, are they we going to open a bag of chips? Open a bag of chips. <laughs> are I you can open a bag of chips. There are <laughs> scissors. <laughs> and, and you have your mouth. And I have my mouth. You have your teeth. And I think Crucial. kids can, part of the honesty with kids can come across in some way honest in other ways, difficult, like cruel, but unintentionally a lot of times. I mean, some kids, of course, sometimes you're intentionally cruel, but sure. for the most part, just being in that environment sometimes can be hard. So how would you encourage parents? Like, would you encourage them to just homeschool their kids and not let them get them interact or you're no. saying put them out in the world yeah you, them, you have to now yeah. I was homeschooled it had nothing to do with me having one arm my mom just chose to homeschool all of us so I think there was some protection there um mm-hmm. but I would say um no I think you just have to be in consistent and constant prayer over that child you know if you know before they're they're born that they are going to be different um and you just continue that throughout their life and be open with that child about what is I hate saying what is wrong, but what mm-hmm. you know what what the the issue is that needs to be addressed. You just you keep talking about it. You keep um, letting them know. Point to scripture. Let them know that you know. Maybe show them examples because I, I feel like whenever Christy asked me earlier, was there someone I looked up to when I was little? You know, if I was born now, there might have been I might have been able to be like, oh yeah, this person, this person, and mm-hmm. this girl does CrossFit and she has one arm and one leg, and this guy does this, and but I didn't have. You know, you know, I, I have access to yeah. that. And I saw, you know, other kids at Scottish Rite growing up that, you know, maybe were missing both arms. And I'd be like, okay, wow, I have one arm mm-hmm. and they don't have any arms, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so I think that it's just, I mean, if my, and people often ask me if one of my children had been born without an arm, what would, what would you do? And I, I feel like it'd be easier <laughs> for mm-hmm. me yeah. and for them. Um, you know, when I say I understand, I really do understand. Right. Um, but I think just, man, I think it's just just being open with them and being encouraging. So there's never and a time you say I'm tired of talking about this. No, there's never a time. There can't be. No, you're, there can't you're be. talking about it, and you're moving from one challenge to the next. Right. Because so, your body grows and changes. Like right. your body would have grown and changed. And right. So you're just moving from one challenge to the, to next, the next one to, to the, the next. next one. And it sounds like too, your parents were never bitter or angry. No, so I'm not, like that the they, tone of yeah, not that they showed me. Yeah. I'm sure they had their own little sadness Absolutely. pity party in the beginning. But yes. as far as moving on from that. Or even engaging in the conversations with you or when things came up. It was right. just a matter of fact. This is a fact. It was very matter of fact. Was, yeah, yeah, this is we're going to yeah. move forward. We're not going to dwell on what life could be with or without. Yeah. And not too long ago, my mom said, um, I, w- I was talking to my mom, and I said, you know, isn't that crazy how I was your story for so long and now I'm my own and now I have mm-hmm. my story yeah. with my family and my boys and my do- my daughter oh I have a daughter now yeah, and my husband like this was such a part of my mom's life where she had to tell people oh my my daughter's born without an arm mm-hmm. this is my daughter da 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 and now that's not mm-hmm. I was like and I've moved from that and now mm-hmm. this is it's my story and it's my husband's story and 
our family story, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so I mean, it's, she still mentions that, I'm sure, to people here and there. Mm-hmm. But it's She's going to still own your story, yeah, girl. She, still owns, it's still she birthed you. <laughs> She's going to own that. <laughs> it's just interesting how that, you know. Yes. Progresses yeah. and how you see it. And I've taken what she's the knowledge and the the understanding and you know all the things that she and my father have given me and mm-hmm. into my life and then to my children. Mm-hmm. I just keep on thinking God just was at the center of everything. Yeah, in he, your life, sure. like your parents, the the narrative they had in the house. It was just it was very God centered. It was a yeah. God centered home. It was a God centered situation, and through that, His glory, yeah, is shown. It is, and I love that. It is. Especially just in the joy. You're always so joyful <laughs> and sweet. You gotta be. <laughs> That's exactly right. You have to be. All right. Well, that is it. We are wrapping right. up Noisy Narratives, um, another podcast. So until next time, people, we are so grateful to have Sarah with us today. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Yes, thanks for having me. We are so glad you were here. So until next time, we will catch you later on the next Noisy Narrative podcast. Bye. Bye.